You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America with Carolyn Grant. Today, I'm excited to speak with you and to share with you thoughts on my favorite subject, and that is the subject of coaching. And as I have pondered and have pursued my life's, my life's course with Joy Coaching America, and that has all evolved into this radio uh, talk show, I would love to share with you today some numbers and some really beautiful thoughts about coaching and how each one of us can rise up to be a beautiful coach. No matter what our walk has been, no matter what we have gone through, it has been said by uh, Tennyson that there is no one, not even the angels of heaven themselves, who can best help someone who has been broken in the wheels of living. Generationally, this was the the work of grandmothers and grandfathers to coach their younger generations. And since World War II, we find in Lori Beth Jones' book, Jesus Life Coach, that since World War II, the family has been broken down and that there has been a need for those to rise up, to become experts in their own fields of interest and to rise up and to take the call of becoming a coach. I'm sure that there are many coaches out there that we need to carefully consider. We want to find somebody who has our value system. When searching for a coach, if you value marriage and you wind up with a coach who's just going to encourage you to get divorced, this isn't finding an alignment with a coach that can serve your needs. If you are a Christ-centered, faith-based person, it might be best to look for a Christ-centered, faith-based coach. You know, as I have been looking and reading Lori Beth, Lori Beth's book, I have just enjoyed it so much. She talks about um, how there is no better role There's no better role model for coaching that gets lasting results than Jesus of Nazareth. And since this is the day before Father's Day that this Joy Coaching America uh, episode is airing, I want to let you know that I do believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the best life coach and that those who are following him and who are pursuing his lifestyle and discipleship with him, those who are rising up and and out of this this crucial time that we've all been experiencing, those who will put him first in their day, who will have their daily divine appointments, their worship services with him, so to speak, those who will come unto Christ. That's where I would want to put my heart if I were seeking a coach right now. 
Currently, there are more than 150,000 people worldwide who call themselves life coaches. More are being added to that number every day. And of course, that was a number that Lori Beth puts in her book. And I'm sure that that number well could have doubled since her book was written. But I have loved what I'm reading in Lori's book. She said that Coach Harriet Salinger said, I think that people know what they want. What they need are arms to hold them as they make the discovery. Uh, One author in Psychotherapy Networker of August issue 2002 quotes as saying, therapy for me was focused on looking backward into why I was the way I was. Coaching looks at where you are today, where you want to go, and how you're going to get there. I have a number of wonderful coaches, and I'd like to call their names out. I'd like to give a shout out to a wonderful coach of mine who is faith-based and Christ-centered and who keeps a spirit of optimism. There is no nothing that I can share with this coach who does not always find the positivity in it. And that coach would be Rob Robson. Another one of my coaches is Manasse Fotu. And Manasse Fotu, I had the uh, the wonderful opportunity to interview him. And the show aired last Saturday. And it's called Meet Manasse Fotu, Father of the Year 2021. I hope you can go to Karen Lynn Grant, to Karen Lynn Grant podcast.com and go and find some of these wonderful interviews. I've done a few interviews with Rob Robson and you will just feel the contagion. Now each coach has their own personality. So when you're looking for a coach, you want to find somebody who, like I mentioned before, somebody who has the values that you have and somebody who can motivate you in the style that you need and desire to be motivated in. For me, I love a sense of humor. With a sense of humor, I'm able to work through anything that comes up in my life. And so I've appreciated Rob Robson and Manasse Fotu. And it's so exciting to me that the man who coaches both of them is Orrin Woodward, who is number 20. And in as stated coaches in the world. Orrin Woodward, number 20, Chris Brady, number 39, with Tony Robbins falling in between at number 25. As I have been coached through audios by Chris Brady, I have found that there is nothing that can interrupt a a feeling of sadness or sorrow like a sense of humor. And the styles of these men, they're, they're loud to say the least. They are loud and they are pump you up. And if you want a good interruption to a negative cyclical thought pattern, go turn on a Chris Brady audio or an Orrin Woodward audio or a, or a Rob Robson audio. Go listen to Manasse Fotu. Go listen to the interview that I did with him. Meet Manasse Fotu, Father of the Year 2021, and hear his enthusiasm for life. Does it mean that a coach has never had hard times? No, it doesn't mean that at all. As a matter of fact, the best coaches are those who have been broken in the wheels of living themselves and who have overcome. They're relatable 
you know, it's like if you were to go to a somebody who's a fitness expert, but they've never understood overeating. They've never understood uh, how you might feel. And some of the best coaches that are out there are those uh, who have experienced divorce, who have experienced the death of a loved one, who have experienced hard knocks in life, who have experienced eating disorders, and then they have taken their plight and turned it right and have become an expert in their field. I myself had experienced a number of divorces, and that's not something I'm proud of, but it is something that I have worked through. I I tended to uh, find those who I felt, oh, if only somebody could love you. And if they could just love you, then maybe you would begin to see yourself in a brighter light and have more faith and more confidence in yourself. And so as I had to untangle my own misunderstanding of what you look for in a marriage partner, I went through a series of divorce and annulments and came to understand that as a coach for those who are brokenhearted, that I have a great and deep understanding of things that people can suffer in a marriage. As I went through my father's death and began to create a program at Myers Mortuaries in Ogden, Roy, Layton, and Brigham City, Utah, I found that one of the best coaching styles for those grieving the loss of a loved one, while it can be group therapy and that can work for some, for others, a day of healing became the answer. And it became a coupling of music, massage, aromatherapy with beautiful, beautiful coaching and conversation in between. These clients would rise up from the massage table with new light in their eyes after having experienced the suicide of a child or the death of a partner, a loved one, a spouse, a mother, a sister, a brother. And as I watched and as I took part in these beautiful life coaching experiences where I was able to, with God's help, Jesus as my life coach, help to resurrect brokenhearted individuals into absolute joyful people that were on fire for life again. They were able to remember their loved ones, the joyful times, the happy times, the, the sweet times, the times that they had experienced joy, and to realize that part of coaching is to really, truly help people to back up and reclaim the joy, the lost joys, the happiness. Now, as we close out this first, this first segment, I want to encourage you to come back because I have more to share with you on the power of a positive coach and remembering above all that Jesus Christ is the ultimate life coach. Thank you. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. You're listening to Joy Coaching America with Karen Lynn Grant. Today, I am so excited to be here with you and to talk about the joy of having a coach, a life coach, a joy coach, someone in your life that has a perspective that can assist you as you work through changes and transitions in your life. As I have probably put in close to 20,000 hours since 2001 when I became a joy coach and originated Joy Coaching America, I have found that there is so much joy in turning your own sorrows into song and then sharing that song with others who are in need of learning to sing a new tune in their lives. In Lori Beth Jones's book, Jesus Life Coach, her chapter called Have Your Tent Stolen. With Jesus as your life coach, you will have your tent stolen. She talks about uh, going to a uh, a business leaders conference in Santa Fe, where she heard Ray Anderson, the founder of a textile mill in Georgia named Interface, speak to this group. And she said that it seems that one day Sherlock Holmes and his assistant Watson went camping. As the night wore on, Sherlock woke up, leaned over and asked Watson, what do you see? Watson responded, Sherlock, I see the North Star, which has helped guide us to this spot. Beyond that, I see the Big Dipper and the tail of Orion. I also can make out the edges of the Milky Way and know that there are universes expanding beyond that. Watson was about to continue his rapturous explanation when suddenly Sherlock elbowed him and hissed, Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. Laughter rippled through the audience as the multiple real-life applications of this story became apparent. Watson was rhapsodizing about the beauty of the universe, while Sherlock, the detective, was only concerned with the crime that made this new view possible. Jesus once described himself as coming like a thief in the night, Lori Beth says. I love the idea of his coming to steal our tent, the tent of our limited perspective, the tent of our fragile and segmented understandings, the tent that we think is keeping us safe, but is really just keeping us from seeing the whole universe. As we consider things that we might have been going through this past year and a half, through our pandemic, through covid it may have felt like someone stole our tent. I know there was a period of time during this pandemic when I began to feel like the world was not as I knew it and that someone had pulled the blinds down on my brightly lit room. Right before the pandemic, I was excited about life. I was flourishing in my joy coaching business, having clients come to the house regularly, getting music, massage, and aromatherapy sessions, working through grief, and watching them walk out the door with new light in their eyes. And then the pandemic hit, and the doors were closed 
and the locks were latched. And suddenly, all of our worlds became a little smaller. As we might have felt for ourselves that our tent, that which was our comfort zone, we may feel like now we are searching to find that new universe with the edge of the Milky Way and the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and to be able to see beyond what we might have imagined was only possible into the awakening of what is limitlessly possible now. As you consider searching for a coach and you consider finding someone with the values that you hold deep within, a faith-based, Christ-centered coach, somebody who believes in morality as you believe in morality. As you search for this coach, you find that you want somebody who is relatable, who has had experiences maybe in the same areas or arena that you have had experiences. My daughter, Ashley, is an absolute wonderful fitness coach, but it does not come without fits of her own retractings in her own diet plan. But as I have watched her come out of these uh, revelings into these rejoicings, I am amazed at how much she's learned. She's studied, she's watched podcasts, she's watched audios, she's developed her own program for uh, bettering herself and bettering her mind, her body, and her spirit. And it's been an exciting journey to follow. And it's been really contagious for me. I have discovered that I too want to add the fitness and of course the nutritional piece to Joy Coaching America and to realize that it's a spiritual journey. It's an emotional journey. It's a mental journey. It's a nutritional journey. It's a physically a journey that expects us to get up out of our easy chairs, our lazy boys, and to get on the path. It's been fun to go walking a mile and a half with my husband at seven o'clock in the morning, come back and do our juicing and, and to implement new health ideas and new conscious awareness of what we want to create now. Now, as we approach our 60s, and we've begun our 60s and now are moving along. And how exciting it is to realize that life is just beginning. How wonderful to have coaching and to be each other's coach, to have a spouse who can also coach you. I wanted to share um, a beautiful realization that I had the other day when I woke up, the words came to my mind, it's time to refuel your own fire. And as I began to think about what that would look like, I realized it would require of me to rise early in the morning and change up my program, get up and start walking, and then change the paths that I walk on and change some nutritional choices and 
just how fun that's become for me. And to add more play and more movement and to take our children to the lake and go paddleboarding and do those things that just increase playtime. It's important to have pray time. It's important to have your daily divine appointments to go to Jesus, the life coach, and and ask, what can I do now? What can I create or recreate? What can I reframe in my life so that I can become the best version of myself? It was during these ponderings when the thought came to me to refuel my own fire and to take more time out. So I put joy coaching courses that I was teaching daily for how many years? Since 2001 and since 2009 on webinar. And to take those courses, put them on a a bit of a hold until September, and then go and reframe myself into a new and better, more beautified version of myself. It's okay to do this, folks, and it's okay to admit that you're doing it. It's okay to decide, I want to learn more. I want to be the student now. I want to increase my understanding in new subjects, in new awarenesses. I want to become, to extend my coaching to some new ideas and awarenesses that can bless and benefit my clients. It's so important that we continue growing. It's so important that we let the Lord take the tent off so that we can lay on our backs and gaze into the sky and see the stars and wonder and ponder and begin to speculate and to intuit, to get intuitive about what our next steps might be. We have so much to pursue. We have passions to pursue. We have interests to pursue. And we don't want to get stuck in our regimented comfort zones and feel like there's so much more that we can become. I am excited to explore the next chapter, Practice Planned Abandonment. After we come back from the station break, what does that mean? This is Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America. As tomorrow is Father's Day, I want to just share something that involved my father and an experience I had over Memorial Day. My father was a patriot. And as I talk about Jesus, the life coach, I I feel sometimes my father from the other side coaching me in all new ways. I I feel his spirit has grown and deepened. And I can often feel 
him smile. I can feel his love. And so it was interesting to me over Memorial Day that my husband, Dell, and I, we went to Florida. We went to Orrin Woodward's home, who is the number 20 uh, coach in the world. And there was with him, Chris Brady, who is number 39 coach in the world, life coach. And we were also there with my mentors, Rob Robson and Manasse Fotu. And it was interesting. And I, I share with you that as we got there, it was the goal of Oren and Chris Brady to break us all out of our comfort zones and to breathe deep. And I'm going to be sharing the story of Sherlock Holmes and how when God becomes your coach, how Jesus becomes your coach, he will often steal your tent and that will be coming up. But I want to just share with you that in Florida, I had my tent stolen, so to speak. The lid of my comfort zone was removed. Now, as a young girl, my father had access to the Navy shipyard boats and so the sailboats. He had access to 17-foot boat and he had access to the 27-foot sailboat. And so every Saturday, my father would take us out sailing. And as a little girl, I loved to lay back on my back on the bow of the boat and reach my feet as far, bend at the knees and reach my feet as far as I could into the water while gazing up into the blue azure sky. I loved the feel of the ocean spray on my face as, as that sailboat would go clipping along. And it was just such a wonderful experience. But my father believed in a nine to five job. He was a commander in the Navy, and then he was the the superintendent for the Huntington Beach School District, and where he was the purchasing agent. And, and so he had those nine to five jobs. And so when I showed an interest in entrepreneurialism, my father would sometimes curtail that. And then he would become supportive. He did become supportive. And he would say things like, well, have a service to render and a product to share, which turned out to be very good advice from dear old dad. But now as I was walking around this beautiful yacht that was 10 times the size of my father's Navy sailboat uh, with four bedrooms and five bathrooms and decorated to the hilt by Lori Woodward and Orrin Woodward. And as I walked around that yacht, it was as though I felt my father speaking to my mind, Karen, dream, dream like you've never dreamed before. Dream dreams much bigger than mine, Karen. You're free to dream the biggest dreams now. You can have more than I taught you you deserved. Sometimes as uh, we are being coached or as we are coaching others, we need to remind them that they can identify where scarcity issues have lodged in their thinking, where they can now go back and identify things that were told to them, expectations that were laid upon them by a well-meaning parent, and that we can give ourselves permission to dream more. And that coaching can be a great addition into our lives with a coach who will 
Let us dream. Encourage us to dream. Encourage us to take the lid off. Encourage us to step outside of our comfort zones, taking baby steps into the direction that we want ourselves to go. Uh, As we walked through the 5,000 square foot casita there in Florida at Port St. Lucie on Orrin Woodward's property, it was amazing. And this time it was Manasse who led me through room by room. And as I went through each room, I would squeal, oh, this room is my favorite. Oh, no, this room is my favorite. And Manasse would say, wait till you see the next room, Karen. You will love that one the best. And it was exciting because Rob Robson had led me through room by room on the yacht. And now Manasse was leading me through the casita, which was just the guest house. And yet it was gorgeous and beautiful and amazing. And I realized that as I walked through these rooms, led by my mentors, that I had put a cap on my ceiling of belief of what I could want. And that this cap or this lid, you know, when you've worked in sales before, they will put a cap on your commission. And and it's not very motivating when you have a cap on your commission. And it's not very motivating when you have a, a cap on your dreams. And so what happened was this cap was removed while I was in Florida. And I was so grateful to have these beautiful mentors and to be able to see myself through their eyes. It was on the way back to the airport when a song came on the radio, in, on the way back to Orlando, a song came on the radio by Mercy Me. And the song was Say I Won't. And then after I heard it, I had never heard that song before. It is amazing. And if you haven't heard it, go look it up. Say I Won't by Mercy Me. And so I went and Googled it on YouTube. And as I did so, I found that there had been a man, and I do not know his name right now, but on his way to Orlando, he faced a critical accident and had to be live flighted and then became septic and had to have all four limbs removed from his body. And as I listened to this song that Mercy Me had dedicated to him, I I was so inspired. And when you go listen to that song, you'll know why. But I penned these words um, after I returned home, and it's called Choose Life. There are dreams I've never dreamt before, mountains I've not climbed, There are questions never asked before, lots of answers left behind. There are reasons, uncertainties, left fears etched in my mind. Now the answer I am seeking, Lord, is why. He says, why not? Why not set your sights much higher? Why not resolve to reach that goal? Why not light your heart on fire? Why not reach down inside your soul? Why not press on to the victory? Why not cross the brook Besor? Why not call upon your father? You are destined for much more. Hope's embers once left dying, buried treasures sunk within, inner strengths a child left crying. I can do this. I can win. Brand new seasons to discover. Life's new reasons to fulfill. I can choose to be believing. Pave the Lord. Pave the way, Lord. He smiles. I will. 
Plant one foot before the other. Hold the rudder. Cross the line. The path leading from there to here. Start exploring. There's still time. Unveil those azure vistas. Open portals. Dance the sky. Sail the oceans. Press on farther. Father, I hear you answer why. Why not? Why not reach a little higher? Resolve, press on to your goal. Why not light your heart on fire? Why not reach inside your soul? Why not press on to your victory? Why not cross the brook besore? Why not call upon your maker? Because, oh, there's so much more to life. Heart, mind, body, follow spirit. Spirit, rise up, lead the way. Past doubting voices, bid them silence. My heart shouts now, lead the way. I can cross these tiny rivers, step up to that higher path. I feel the hunger, Lord, come fill it. All I gotta do is ask. Why not reach up even higher, resolve to be made whole? Why not light your heart on fire? Lord, fire up my soul. Why not press on to that victory, cross the brook besore? I am calling on my maker. He made me for so much more. Coaches can be wonderful things as they coach us to become our best, as they coach us to believe that we are more than we have ever explored before. I am so excited to be Joy Coaching America here with you today, the day before Father's Day, as we celebrate the things that our fathers taught us and identify the things that we might not have been encouraged to do by a well-meaning parent. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. In my podcast, The Stories She Sings, which airs on Loving Liberty every Sunday at noon, I have a podcast that really delves into the lives of women in the scriptures that that encourages people to ask more questions of themselves, to do more introspection, to go deep, to journal deeper, and to think, and to ponder, and to pray, to to draw near unto the Lord, and to become well acquainted with Him. It is through decades of this practice since I was 14 years old that I have fallen in love with Jesus as my life coach. And so I was very drawn to the title of Laurie Beth Jones's book, Jesus Life Coach, because he was always and is my number one when it comes to life coaching, especially eternal life coaching. In Laurie's chapter, Practice Planned Abandonment, this title really piqued my interest and because I had just come to a moment when I felt the Lord speaking to my mind, it's time to refuel your own fire. 
that to me was a call to draw near to him. And the scripture for that is Luke 10, 42, where Jesus says to Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen the better part. And what is the better part? The better part is coming and feasting at the Savior's feet. The better part is getting his divine perspective on our life. The better part is coming to understand his values so we know how to possibly reframe our values. The better part is looking into his eyes that do not have broken mirrors and to stop looking into the eyes of those who reflect back shattered images of ourselves, going to the Lord, looking into his eyes, gazing into his perfect perception of each one of us, what he knows we were fashioned and created to be. I do believe that each one of us has a purpose, a calling, and a mission, and that there are those of us who can excel at one thing better than we can at another. We all have something that we could coach somebody else through. I remember when I was 19, my mother said, Karen, I hope you choose the Lord because whatever you choose, you're going to do it with gusto. I want to share from uh, Laurie's book something that she says that I really, really appreciated. She says, if we are to, she's quoting Heiselbein on leadership, and this is what Heiselbein writes. If we are to remain mission-focused, as we must be, if we are to be relevant in an uncertain age, then abandoning those things that do not further the mission is a leadership imperative. Heiselbein is in good company. Jim Collins, author of Built to Last and Good to Great, writes about Heiselbein. He states that Francis follows three basic tests of mission. Understanding that to do good does not mean to do all good. And Another point that he points out is that planned abandonment means learning how and when to say no, as well as cultivating the discipline of saying no. Because we live in a day and age when opportunities are endless and acres of diamonds lay everywhere at our feet, we need to be able to understand what to pick up and what to put down. We've all heard the adage, oh, He's a jack of all trades and, and, a, and a Jill of none. <laughs> Maybe I said that wrong. But even Jesus understood this, and he demonstrated it when he put down his hammer in the carpenter shop and picked up his staff. Being a carpenter was something he did very well, but there was something higher and more unique that he could do better than anyone else. He went forward. And he went toward that occupation, and the world was forever changed. Find your divine calling. Love it and live it. As I work as a joy coach, I realize that the first step and the first stage of coaching anybody is to identify the hidden wounds, 
to identify those clusters of emotion that have been left lodged that are blocking our view like a tent. We can't see the beautiful vistas up above us because there's a cloud or a tent that is blocking our view made up of the fabric of emotions that were never released. And so one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is to get a new journal, a brand new journal. And my favorite are those Costco journals, you know, the big white notebooks that you can create your own cover for and put tons of paper in. And then buy colored pencils, buy marking pens, buy things, crayons and pens and felt tip pens and things to do your own art therapy journal to ask questions and to give deep answers from the inside of your soul. To ask, are you lonely? What are you lonely about? What are you missing? What would you like more of? What are your scarcity beliefs? And then help those clients to turn those scarcity beliefs into positive prosperity beliefs. I love listening to Brooke Snow the other day with my daughter who said that you've got to say it to create it and talked about the I am statements. And I've, I've got many podcasts on that. The, the Cherished Child podcast is all a podcast about reclaiming the inner child the I am the laughing child. I am the singing child. I am the prayerful child, the joyful child. That somewhere along the way, we've all scattered remnants of that perfect child of God within. And that by rehearsing the I am nots, we do not reclaim that child. It is by rehearsing and reaffirming to ourselves who we truly are that we become that beautiful, cherished child again. As we consider what do we want to leave behind, I'd like to read a quote uh, from her book, Lori Beth Jones's book. As someone whose mission involves the words divine connection, I've had to struggle with decisions that meant loosening ties with others. How important is that, but how much guilt can be evoked when we think that it's time to step aside and to grow ourselves. I once knew two sisters who were twins, and they were the best of friends all of their lives, but they had become enmeshed and had to find their own identities. And so when they were in their 40s, they made agreement with one another. It's time for us to separate company for a little while and to do so in love, not out of hate, not out of hurt, not out of rejection or abandonment, but to just take some time to go and find ourselves. I was best friends with one of the twins and it was amazing to watch her grow. And then I was also privy to the time when those two reunited. And when they came back together, each with their own unique and beautiful identities securely in place, it's important that we give ourselves some breathing spaces. It's okay. We need to know that we do not have to disassociate with loved ones out of in anger or out of emotional desperation, but 
we can speak. I just need a little time. I am planning some abandonment time where I'm going to go and be with myself and with my Lord. And I'm going to go and find a regrouping and a reframing of his divine perspective of me. It's okay to do that. Lori says, whenever I have to make a decision that means leaving someone behind, I am reminded of something. What would I be doing if I had only six healthy months to live? That question always eases and triggers some planned abandonment of projects and tasks that could be done by others. Abandonment to God means abandonment to bliss. And I'd like to repeat that. Lori Beth Jones in her book, Jesus Life Coach, says, Abandonment to God means abandonment to bliss, and that is worth planning for. Now I want to say a word here about false abandonment. Perhaps you are as dubious as I am when I hear of a politician who's been caught in a scandal or is losing popularity in the polls and then states that he is going to go leave the political world and go spend more time with his family. That is not a planned choice. That is a default choice because his chosen route isn't open to him anymore. There is a difference. Planned abandonment doesn't mean walking away from something that is difficult or isn't working anymore. Planned abandonment means choosing between good and great, between better and best. Planned abandonment means that you're able to say no to all that glitters and discern what truly shines. Once you understand the difference, you are on your way to fulfillment. And then we end with this story. As Jesus went to Mary and to Martha, he reinforced to Martha, that Mary had chosen the better portion, that Mary had chosen the better part, that she was not just consumed with daily projects that were adding up, that were needless and not eternal. As we consider Jesus as our life coach, I want to just remind you that tomorrow is Father's Day and he is the best father, the best coach and the best one that we have to turn to. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America.